welcome to Argyle Chat, the Plymouth Argyle podcast brought to you by the Herald Sports Desk. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Argyle Chat, where we will look back on Saturday's disappointing defeat to Doncaster Rovers. Joining me in the studio today are our Argyle writers, Chris Errington and Baron Cross. Hiya, chaps. Hi, Stu. Morning, Stu. And a very special welcome to today's guest, Woody from the Band Bastille. Hi, Woody. I'm good, mate. How you doing? You all right? Yeah, very well, thank you. Nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having us. No worries. Um, yeah, as I say, great to have you on the show, Woody. What have you, what have you been up to then, what, yourself and the band? Uh, just been doing the usual thing, kind of, uh, we've just finished festival season, uh, just come back from a two-week run in the States, and we're off to South Africa next week, and then that's us done for this album. Um, so yeah, going to get it all done, hopefully, by Christmas time, and then should hear some new music coming out uh, at some point in the new year. Oh, fantastic. So a little bit of uh, off time for you to go and watch The Pilgrims. Yeah, uh, which did on, <laughs> on their Saturday just gone, which I'm sure we're going to cover in a minute. Yeah, indeed. Um, new album in the pipeline? Yes. So, yeah, it's um, pretty much written. You just need to go and actually make it now. Uh, it's all well, all well and good having it in your head, but you need to actually, yeah, commit it to tape. Okay, fantastic. We've got a, a question here from uh, Jumping Jelling B... Jump, uh, Jumping Jellybean 632. I hope their parents didn't quite name them that. But, uh, will Bastille ever tour in Shanghai, China? Uh, we intend to, yeah. Um, we actually had uh, a Chinese uh, artist called Leo Do come up with us um, on the last arena run before Christmas. Um, and yeah, the intention is to kind of we scratch her back and then maybe she'll scratch ours and let us come, yeah. come over <laughs> home in China. But um, yeah, nothing, nothing booked as yet, but that's definitely, definitely our intention. Yeah, obviously going on tour is a big part of what you do. Yeah, you, you're a fan of going on tour. Yeah, I mean, probably in the in the in the in the in the wrong job if not. <laughs> but um, that I mean, that's that's the that's the, the kind of uh, bread and butter now of being in a band these days. Um, it's obviously go and tour and promote stuff, and yeah, we're very fortunate to play all over the world. Yeah, indeed. So moving on to the game on Saturday, then uh, yeah. your first game watching our goal this year. First game being there. Um, I've managed to catch a few games on the on the iFollow video thing. Um, but um, yeah, that was um, not a fun afternoon. <laughs> it was—I uh, just can't believe the run of red cards. Mm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of frustration, I guess, boiling over in the team at the minute. But uh, yeah, I just can't remember a run like this. Well, probably not since we were in administration and obviously fielding mm. a bunch of youngsters. But um, I'm sure it'll come good. But uh, yeah, I just couldn't quite believe what I was seeing, and also just really stupid goals to give away as well. It isn't it? Wasn't like we got dominated, or they were they were cutting us open routinely, just shooting ourselves in the foot repeatedly. It's a bit of a common theme at the moment, isn't it? Soft goals, not creating chances, and red cards. It's uh, I don't know what's like going. I mean, really. <laughs> I feel like we're kind of we're hopefully getting all our bad luck out of the way now at the start of the season, and then hopefully we can push on from here. But um, yeah, something's I, I don't know something's going on in the dressing room or whatever but yeah people don't look particularly happy and it's just not clicking at the minute mm. um but i mean ill discipline is one thing i mean um i think it was it edwards red card was a, a second yellow so that's maybe yeah. that's not quite as bad but um obviously sarcevic essentially nutting someone and then sonny bradley punching someone um yeah you just can't be doing that especially when when you when you're struggling mm. uh you need to have 11 men on the pitch ideally and even Kerry's red card i mean i know they appealed that and it was mm. perhaps not a red card but it was a, a tackle made out of frustration a bit of afters wasn't it really um <clears throat> again I mean, but that was the that was that was the kind of start of it almost wasn't it but mm. um i don't know i mean it wouldn't be argyle if you weren't <laughs> if you weren't <laughs> struggling a little bit 
frustrated. How did you get into following Argyle? Um, so um, I was basically given the choice by my dad, who's currently stood in the corner as well. <laughs> um, you either follow Argyle or you find your own flat. So um, <laughs> I quite like central heating. Um, so um, no. Um, so uh, his dad, my my, my granddad, uh, took my dad and my uncle since uh, they were they were small boys, um, and it's always just kind of been in the family ever since. Um, so my uh, uncle, who lives in London now, um, he, he managed to raise his two boys and daughter as Argyle fans as well, despite of being close to much bigger clubs in London. Mm-hmm. But um, so yeah, I often go to away games with them as well. So it's kind of a, a family affair. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I had a season ticket with with dad and with with uh, Gran. Um, from the age of about what would have been what eleven, eleven as well, that, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, so I was I was going every game until I left I left for uni. Um, obviously now now I catch as many away games as possible. Then obviously when I'm back home as well. But um, yeah, it's more of a, a calling than than a, a choice. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I know from, I know from reading the Green Barmy last week, I, I, I can guess your favourite Argyle player, Hungarian yeah. uh, midfielder, Peter Hamosi. Yeah, just yeah. by by distance. Um, yeah, uh, me and uh, Argyle president uh, Chris Webb have, uh, have a slight uh, disagreement on that. He thinks Paul Dalton. I don't know where he's what he's smoking. <laughs> to be quite frank, yeah, Peter Hamosi, the best player ever ever worn green by by a distance. I think um, maybe well, in brief flashes, uh, Emil and Penza as well was pretty impressive. But when he wasn't injured, but yes. yeah, Hamosi was just yeah, next level. So when you're touring in Budapest next time or something like that, you need to get in contact I'll give with him. Well, funnily enough, I've actually run into a few um, Argyle players, actually. So uh, Andres Guerrieri, when we were in Buenos Aires, yes. uh, he, he came to a gig. Um, That's amazing. Uh, Maxime Blanchard, too. Mm-hmm. Um, top, top boy. In fact, so um, I, I played in this charity football match a few weeks ago, game game, game for Grenfell. Yeah. Um, Maxime was very kind enough to kind of give me uh, a little run out and kind of coaching session before that um, didn't help much in the end but you know it's like, <laughs> he tried at least it's, it's stuff of dreams though isn't it you know to play with your, your sort of players that you've oh yeah it was just lines. so surreal um, just yeah like kind of like knocking balls back and forth with him and he's just like shouting you know wrong no get your arm up get your arm up no no Some, sometimes it went okay but yeah it's um yeah just the kind of things you kind of pitch yourself with and also um, they're doing doing commentary with Sparksy as well. Before. Yeah. I've done, done that a few times. Uh, obviously, Chris is a, a seasoned vet at that. But um, yeah, all, all, all these little things is kind of a weird little byproduct of being a silly little indie band. But yeah. <laughs> what do you reckon your highlights been as an Argyle fan? Um, probably two nil uh, QPR mm. going up yeah. the championship. That's what you talk about, isn't it, Chris? I think if if I was going to push, I think that would that day when yeah. they scored their two goals. That was just yeah, and... yeah, and um, just yeah, finally, finally, finally getting up there. Those those are the glory days. But also just um, not a, a, a particular game, but like the FA Cup run under Holloway as well. That was good because I was I was living um, up in the southeast then, so that was just kind of like a bit of like local pride. Everyone actually knowing who Argyle were mm. for a change was, was quite nice, and and doing well. Um, obviously, yeah, that spawny Watford goal from, <laughs> from range. All, yeah, all, all, and ben all Foster they did. in goal that day. Who, uh, yes, had yeah. an absolute yeah, blinder that day. Exactly, yeah. England player Ben Foster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you say that you go to a lot of away games. Do you still prefer to come back to home park? Or you, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Games? I mean, um, it's it's more for for um, convenience uh, than anything else. But um, that being said, League One this season is a very northern league. So mm, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm in I'm in Brighton now. So that's not terribly <laughs> close to anyone. I mean, and uh, also South End, uh, I missed because I was, I was away, and that was probably one of the, one of the kind of nearer ones to me. Mm. Um, obviously you've got Wimbledon as well 
uh, in his league. Um, but apart from that, um, it's, it's fine. I mean, quite often there's an excuse to kind of go and go and see family or friends as well when you go when you go away as well. But um, yeah, I try and get down down here at least three or four times a year. Um, obviously, got family down here and friends and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is still technically home for me as well. So yeah. Indeed. Any of the other band football fans, or do they Kyle, understand your... Yeah, Kyle Keyboard Player. He's a fair weather QPR fan. Um, <laughs> if I, it, it was through him that I actually ended up playing in that um, yeah. Grenfell game because um, they got in touch with him saying, "Do you fancy playing?" He's like, "No, not really." Kind of overheard him. He's like, "I'll play. <laughs> Get me in." <laughs> so, uh, so what was that like? Because um, I mean, it was uh, star-studded, wasn't it? So it was. Amazing. It was mad. So. <laughs> I was sat in the changing room between uh, Damien Duff and Peter Crouch, which is something oh. I never thought I'd ever say. <laughs> but um, I tell you, what, so what was really, really nice, like, like all the all the old pros there, um, they they couldn't have been nicer, like genuinely like great people. So yeah, Peter Crouch, Damien Duff, um, Shay Given, David Seaman, like all just really nice people, um, quite generous and helpful, and obviously aware that most of us non-footballers were <laughs> slightly bricking it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, just a, a really fun experience. Obviously. It was fun to play in, but obviously the, the, the whole main reason of yes. doing it was to raise uh, money, but um, also just kind of keep the whole Grenfell thing in everyone's everyone's minds because mm-hmm. obviously in a a world of Trump and North Korea and that sort of thing and Brexit, it's all slid down the news agenda. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, there are still people who need to be held accountable for people dying unnecessarily and and gruesomely as well. No, so, that's a great way of using sport. As yeah. often is the way sports a great way of promoting things, isn't it? In, is in it. a world like the w- we're in at the moment. No, completely. But uh, obviously, yeah, there's a lot of horrors in the world at the minute. But um, I mean, there's a million causes you could jump on. I mean, we got involved with that. I mean, so the the the, the band as well. We also did a, did a fundraiser about three or four weeks after the the, the uh, fire. Um, but yeah, we used to rehearse literally uh, around the corner from the, from, from from the tower for for a couple of years. Um, uh, two of the well, so so, so Kyle's from West London lives nearby. Um, Dan as well used to live close there as well, so it's kind of also. Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if, if you've seen it when you've been up in London at all, but when you see it, it just doesn't look real. No, no I haven't been. Up it there looks since. looks like a like a no. film set, like it just just complete horror. But mm. um, yeah, sorry, it's a very very dark subject, which is no, no. kind of gone into. But um, but yeah, it's just yeah, people need to be held accountable for it, and also people living living nearby essentially are looking at a, an open coffin every yeah. day. They walk yeah. past it, cause obviously they need to investigate properly exactly what happened. So. Um, they can't tear it down. Yeah, well done on everyone involved. Yeah, yeah. involved in something like that. But, um, but it's it good too. So um, they, had, they had some survivors uh, playing on each team and firefighters too, um, which is nice touch. So, uh, in fact, that was the main reason I think Peter Crouch was there because he he's from the area um, and one of his good mates was actually one of the firefighters who tackled the blaze as well. Um, it's yeah, like really good lad as well. But yeah, the things they saw in that tower, he wouldn't mm-hmm. want to. Yeah, just things of nightmares. You said you'd done festivals this year. Yes. I think Baron did his first Glastonbury this yeah, year, didn't you, Baron? Glastonbury. Um, How'd you find it? Dirty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did a few festivals when I was a little bit younger. Things like Leeds Festival, uh, across the Benicassim in yes. Spain as well. Hot. But, uh, yeah, very hot. But uh, did Glastonbury for the first time and I just... I mean, I'm only in my late 20s, but I felt like such an old man, struggling <laughs> with the late nights and just not washing for that amount of days. Well, it's, Glastow's uh, a weird one, because like, you, you see literally babies there, yes. right, right up to like yeah. elderly people and all sorts of stuff. All ages, between. though. Yeah, because um, it, yeah, it basically becomes the third biggest city in the southwest yes. after Bristol and Plymouth when it's, yes. when it's full. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a good stat. It's yeah. massive. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean, also, it's a, it's a place you can go to where if you don't even see any bands, you can have, have like, an amazing five it days. It was yeah. an amazing experience. It was absolutely incredible. And going from festival to festival, what's that? That's it's you know. it's. Um, I mean, we get to live in a in a in a kind of sport little bubble where we ride in on tour buses and we get nice clean toilets backstage and that sort of stuff. We're we're obviously not not out in the mud, but 
Um, no, it's fun. I mean, festivals, we always kind of say it's kind of like summer camp in a way because you just kind of go away on the weekends, see your friends and other bands you haven't seen for a while, kind of catch up, um, see new bands as well. Um, and obviously, um, yeah, you get to experience new places quite, quite rapidly. Um, but then also home in the weeks as well. So you kind of work on the weekends, home in the weeks. Do you have a favourite that you play that? Uh, I suppose on stage it all looks very similar. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, Glasgow as a festival is always always the one like it's, it's known the world over, and mm. there, there is nothing, there, there is no other place on earth like it. Mm. Um, just the vibe, and everyone's so happy to be there. And it's quite special. But for us, like Reading this year, that was probably one of the best gigs we've ever, ever really? done. Just everything clicks. Crowd were really up for it. Yeah. Um, just yeah, everything went went well. So um, yeah, but I think Glasgow is probably the one. Of course, you had the one close at home at Powderham as well. Yes, oh, yeah, I, 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 so, oh, yeah, I, I got in trouble with that uh, because um, obviously play, playing near, near Exeter, apparently <laughs> it was poor form, they said, to wear my Argyle shirt on stage, so <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that. But um, my in-ear monitors that I wear on stage have actually got Argyle badges on, on each one. Um, and also I've got um, a custom made snare drum with, with the Mayflower on it on the side as well so I had that on stage but then I tweeted a picture of my in-ears saying couldn't wear the Argyle shirt had these instead uh, the Exeter Express and Echo ran oh, a story yeah. Bastille drummer um, disrespects <laughs> City and basically yeah, ran some furious uh, article about how I uh, clearly didn't upset the locals yeah upset the <laughs> Exeter locals but um, I think readership of four people didn't really, didn't really matter <laughs> Uh, moving back to uh, Argyle then, um, Chris. Obviously, you're at the game on Saturday. These are worrying times, aren't they? I mean, we're we're nine games into the season now, and yeah. things don't seem to be getting any better for the Pilgrims right now. No, I mean, four successive home defeats. You struggle to remember a time that Argyle have had a, a run like that. As Woody says, the the the, the red cards is a concern, you know, because uh, the one on Saturday, you know, the game was over when Sonny Bradley got sent off. But you know, he, he shouldn't be getting himself sent off in those situ- in that situ- situation and in that way. And although it didn't affect the outcome of the game on Saturday, it means he's going to be banned for the next three games, and that's a it's a big blow. You just get Graham Carey back from a ban; he's going to be available for the Wigan game. But mm-hmm. you're going up there without Sonny Bradley. Uh, injuries aren't helping. You know, Jake Jervis. Uh, missing the game on Saturday with a groin injury. He's going to be out for a week to 10 days. Threlkel too. Threlkel is, is out, although hopefully not a million miles away. You know, um, With every game that passes, Ryan Taylor looks a better and better striker because it's just not <laughs> clicking up front for Argyle. Um, you know, until the last couple of games, you, you felt that they were creating chances but weren't taking them. The last couple of games, it feels like they're not creating many chances. The second half uh, on Saturday was particularly poor. And I mean... You know there was there were so many attacking player attacking players on the pitch. We had uh, Ainsworth and Wild coming on the subs. We had Lemires, Shifty, Fletcher. Fletcher. I mean, it was literally like a two-three-five formation or something like that, and um, nothing, nothing up front. So it is concerning. Um, I, I still stick to the thing. The only way you turn these things around is with hard work, hard work on the training ground, hard work during games. They just need a break. They need something to go in and off somebody's backside, mm-hmm. something to to go and get them started um, you can't feel down and sorry for yourselves you've got to be brave you need your experienced players your David Foxes and people like that to stand up and be brave on the ball get them going and try and um, you know try and end this run because it is it's, it, you know seven winless games is, is, is not good yeah Baron to bring you in Chris touched on the point there about working hard they can't work any harder can they I mean they're doing double sessions on the training pitch what more can Derek Adams do to try and, and turn this form around it was, it's a good point, isn't it? I mean, I think um, 
there's very little else they can do other than work hard. I mean, it's the only thing that they can control. I mean, everything else is all variables, isn't it? So I think I think it's it's gone without saying that Adams works the players hard. He's renowned for being a hard taskmaster. The players often repeat that phrase and, and say that they are training very, very hard pretty much all season. So towards the back end of last season, there was no winding down. They were doing double sessions until the end of the campaign. So they are out on the training ground and they are working hard. So but something maybe something has to change maybe it's the routines they're doing the type of training they're doing but but something has got to change unfortunately we don't know what goes on in training so we don't know what, what is currently happening there we don't know what's going well what's going badly clearly not much is going well at the moment in the matches whether they see something different in training we don't know but um but yeah i mean it, it, it is a difficult balance because at some stage if the results don't turn and they keep doing double sessions four or five days a week the players are going to get fed up with it and if they're getting worked hard for that many hours per day and then go into to a match on a Saturday and draw or lose where's where's the positives mm. there I mean they're just going to get fed up and you know, they're not going to be very happy and, and unhappy players aren't going to play any better no. Well you touched on the, the sendings off in the last four games um, the problem with that of course is Derek Adams just can't field a settled side right now can he? Because no. he's con- constantly chopping and changing things Is that but I mean um Obviously, Bradley's a massive loss, especially because obviously he's, like, he's our best defender by quite a distance. But um, I just—I I, I had a weird feeling having watched it a few times, well, once in person and online. But um, I don't necessarily think that him and Edwards were really clicking. Um, I kind of quite liked when him and Songo were um, together again. I think they played together before. I've kept clean sheets last season. It's just a, just a better understanding there. Like the first goal on Saturday, um, just that goal out scramble. It was it was a it was a Parks goal really. It was. Just could have been cleared three or four times, and not mm. just you need someone just just to put a boot through it, or just or a head or a face, or whatever, just get rid. But um, but yeah, when you're going down to ten men every game as well, um, you just can't legislate for that. And yeah, after that, 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 that then it's back to the wall. And if you're already a goal down as well, then it, yeah, I mean we we just last season we were really good on the counter, and we looked a threat when we broke forward. Now it's just there's none of that anymore. So it's when you go go a goal down, much like under Sheridan, if you if you go 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 a goal down at the minute, then that's us done. Yeah, interesting to see Sheridan got sacked this morning. Right? Yeah, I don't think there's much love lost there, really. Is there? No, not <laughs> uh, moving on to our first reader question. A seriously disgruntled Gary Palmer is saying red cards, injuries, conceding early, deflections and general bad luck. You cannot fool the more intelligent Argyle supporter any longer, Mr Adams. Both you and this team you have assembled are simply not good enough. Our supporters can't trust anything you say. And if this continues, you will bring my beloved cl- club back into the doldrums. So there is a lot of criticism for, for Derek Adams right now. Where, do, where's she, where I do mean, you stand with that? People seem to have very short memories mm. at the minute. Um, I'm just hearing some of the chatter in the Devonport end when we sat there on Saturday. Like, people are going, oh, Harry Radnapp's free now. Anyway, we should get him in. It's like, we, we were in administration and nearly got deleted off the face of the earth about six years ago. Um, we're still paying off historic debts. When and I was like, oh, he's not, he's not spending money because there isn't money to spend. I think we need to get a, a dose of realism. Just be, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful. A, the club still exists, and B, we're actually we're, we, we've come up a division again now. Um, I mean, three months ago, Adams was the was the chosen one. All of a sudden, now everyone's calling for his head. It's um, you need to just stick stick with it. Um, he's clearly a talented manager, as he's as he's proven um, last season, bringing a, a whole new squad from scratch, pretty much, and taking us up. Um, and he's done it with Ross County before as well. He's got a track record of it. Um, people just need to be be patient. I mean, I, I would happily take 19th, 18th place right now. That would be a good season. Just stay up, consolidate, move on the players who aren't, like, who aren't really cutting it. And then we can try and progress and build from there. But um, 
it'll like it, it it will come good. I'm 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 pretty pretty sure of that. It's just obviously it's it's, it's a very frustrating time at the minute. But also, who else is out there to come in at the minute? I'm not sure. There aren't like those like young hungry managers waiting to yeah. go. I don't think. And Harry Harry Redknapp's wages are probably out of our goals reach. I'd imagine. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love it, then, isn't he? <laughs> Indeed. Um, Baron, we've spoken before about um, Derek Adams and his post-match comments. Mm. Again, what he said post-match, Doncaster caused a little bit of consternation with the Argyle fans. It's hard to sort of take <clears throat> what he says seriously sometimes, isn't it? It's, it's a real difficult one, Stu, isn't it? I mean, I think when when your football team's losing matches, people aren't thinking clearly. It's very very difficult in the heat at the moment to sort of put together and compose some some well thought out comments and I think people are quite quick to jump on Adams and the frustration starting to show isn't it I think his his post-match comments are puzzling I mean of the, of the fans that, that I know and have spoken to I think they're just a little bit frustrated that Adams isn't coming out and acknowledging just simply acknowledging it's not going well he seems to be putting it down to luck all the time things aren't going their way they're getting all their bad luck out at the moment and they just I mean no shots on target in a home match against a side that were in the second worst form in the entire division before that game. It's just not not good enough at all. And I think the frustration is just boiling over. I think people would be more accepting if um, if he were to come out and you know, put his hands up or apologise for something or accept that these things aren't working and this is what they need to work on. But he seems to come out and put it out to look. He seems to think that, he, that what they're doing is OK, that he's not quite getting the breaks. I think it's a little bit more serious than that, especially after seven matches. I think after the Blackpool game especially, I was uh, sort of... I was like Woody, I was thinking it will turn around, it's been two more games now and it still hasn't turned and I mm. think it will at some stage but I think after the Berry game people maybe accepted that as maybe turning the corner but after um, after Saturday people, I mean it's, tw- Twitter is never the right place to go engage opinion <laughs> but it was a particularly toxic place on Saturday night. So many yeah. people warriors. That, <laughs> yeah. that, is, that is the thing, we live in the world of social media now and people can respond in the heat of the moment straight after a defeat now. We all know, we're all football fans, when our team loses mm. and we stomp out the ground, moaning and groaning, we're probably not thinking on our most rational and being our most thoughtful in how we will deal with it. Now, people go on Twitter and can say whatever they like and football is a game of opinions and everyone's entitled to theirs. Mm. Um, but sometimes you do need to just take a little step back sometimes and think about what you're saying and what you're thinking. And Derek Adams, you know, when your team is losing, Derek Adams, whatever he comes out and says, people are going to knock him for. He could come out and say, you know, yeah, hands up, I got it wrong uh, today, my tactics were wrong, or mm. I, ha- I apologise to the fans for that. But then some fans out there would then turn around and say, well, okay, you got your tactics wrong, you should go. You know, you, he's he, when you're a manager in football in the modern day and you're losing games, I think whatever you say, somebody out there will not be happy about. So you stick to you know what you believe in you stick to your your message that you're trying to get out across um sometimes you know a manager uh, may well say something completely different to his players inside the dressing room than he does in a public forum like a press conference after a game uh i'm not at all convinced that that what he says a lot of the time to us as reporters and by extension to the fans is necessarily what he feels but he feels that why a dirty washing in public do it in the dressing room so you, you, but I accept you know you, you can't go too far the other way yeah and accept and, and so you it's finding that happy medium but you know uh, it's, it's, it's a difficult one for a manager they, they come in you know and uh, I wouldn't fancy doing it having somebody like me sat there and sort of you just have a three nil defeat you know probably the last thing you want to do is just talk is, about is it talk about it <laughs> yeah. but, but you do and um, you know so it's it's it, 
it's, it's concerning. There's no no two ways about it. But I, I, I still think you know he is a good manager. He's proven it over a long time. Mm. Well, also, like fans were clamouring for Fletcher to start, and he did on Saturday. Obviously, didn't quite pan it. Mm. I, th- I thought he, I thought he did it right. But, he, he did um, okay. Yeah. But yeah, obviously he's. If, if you want to look at it one way, he has kind of bowed to some pressure from the fans. They, they got their own way and it hasn't worked. So mm. it's all well and good being kind of armchair pundits and managers. I'd always, and... I'd always rather have a, would he have a manager who sticks to his principles. And exactly, his yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then you stand or fall by what you believe Exactly. In. If you have a wishy-washy manager who tries to sort of yeah. get swayed by outside influences, oh, oh, the fans want me to do this, the fans want me to do that, that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, but yeah. also like the same about tactics, um, saying that you got it wrong, everyone's waxing lyrical a few months ago about how he's always changing things up, like didn't work first half, he mixed it up, well done on him. Well, now it hasn't worked out, all of a sudden it's boo to him. It's, yeah. you, can't, you can't have it always. The fickle nature of football mm, fans, I yeah. guess. No, it's not an easy job being no. a football manager. That's <laughs> what, sure. One thing I did notice, Chris, was uh, it seemed like he did at least for part of the game on Saturday, go with two up front. Yes, um, with Lemires in behind. Yeah. So you could argue it was a four-three-three. Mm. I think he might have said himself it was like a four-three-one-two. Yeah. Um, but it was Lemires pushing. The mm. idea was to sort of try and push in in there. In the first half, it was more Fletcher down the middle, Shifty on the left, mm. uh, and Ramirez on the right, um, which looked slightly better balanced, but. Um, yeah, he's trying different formations. He's he's tinkering around with things, trying to find something that works. I mean, you know, people say, you know, he's 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 not attack minded enough. Like I say, there was it was almost like you know all out attack in terms of the number of attacking players on the pitch in the second half. Yeah, and yet they never looked like scoring. You know, so you you've got to find that that balance. And um, it's, the, it's the method of creating chances too that I yeah. well like chatting with Dad about it as well. Like like it's all well and good having wingers on the pitch who. Aren't really firing crosses at the minute. Mm. Um, I mean, also Miller got forward loads on Saturday, but didn't. He just always squared the ball. He didn't actually mm. try and get it in the box. But if you haven't got a big target man like a Blissett or a Taylor in the box, then what's the point of banging in crosses? Because like playing it into a five foot something at yeah. Fletcher, yeah, needs mm. um, to think of some more more clever passes or ways into the box. Just mm. banging down the wing and then hoofing it in is not going to not going to work. Yeah, it's, it's easy to point the finger at the strikers because they're not scoring goals. But as yeah. you say, you know, you've got to look at the attacking midfielders as well and, and creating those opportunities. Exactly. Have you been impressed with the attackers that Adams has brought to the club? Yeah, I think again, things aren't clicking at the minute, but um, everyone thinks seem pretty pretty excited by most of the players that that, that he brought in. Um, and again, it's like we, we we don't have the money to bring in like big big name players and champions. like like um, Pompey have signed like Brett Pittman, like yeah. proper quality players like that. I mean, um, Graham Carey came on a free, and he's one of the best players we've we've had in a long time. So. Um, Adams has clearly got an eye for for, like, for talent. Um, also, like they they look like decent ball players as well. Like um, no one looks out of their depth. Um, I just think you just can't legislate for things like that. But that first goal on Saturday, mm. they should have just hoofed it into Rosehead to get it out. And the second one, you can't legislate if your keeper dropping dropping across. Um, but then Luke Luke will save us more points than he'll give away this season always. So I mean, he he kind of gets a pass a little bit. Mm. But yeah, when you two 0 down from two silly goals. It's kind of yeah. It, it should have been nil-nil. Really. Here we go. Here we go again. Exactly. Mm. Is is that perhaps a problem then, Chris? I mean, you know, Derek Adams has spoken quite publicly about the the need to not concede that first goal. Mm. Is this is it perhaps a psychological thing where he's setting the team up to make sure they don't concede rather than sort of attack teams and go out and try and get that first goal? I don't think you can legislate for defending like they did for the first and second goals. Yeah. Um, you, you can overanalyze things sometimes. Mm. I mean, you can talk about it and you can stress messages and you can have tactics and things like that. 
but there was about two or three headers there to be won for that first goal from the corner, yeah. and they didn't win any of the headers. Now, you can point fingers and say, well, he should have done better, he should have done yeah. better, the managers should have set them up better, but at the end of the day, there were headers there to be won, and people didn't win them. And, you know, the centre-back, Andy Butler, stooped and scored from six yards out from a central position, yeah. got a header. That shouldn't be happening. Not not in that mm. position. Um, the second goal, Luke, Luke McCormick's made a rare mistake, dropped the ball, and uh, Marcus was there to pounce. There's, there's not a lot you can do about things like that. That's, mm. that, you know, like I say, I think you can overanalyse things sometimes. Mistakes, people have got to be accountable. And, um, yeah, it's not, not going our goals way at the moment, it's clear. I think... Um mentioned our old friend Sheridan as well he often said about well more being in league two that players on their day in that league can compete with anyone in the world but they'll, they'll do it two times out of ten yeah. Yeah. now in league one it's probably more about four or five times out of <laughs> yes. ten but yeah. it's yeah you, you just don't get the consistency at this level like you, yeah you, th- th- there's plenty plenty of potential there but you'd rather like your solid sort of Gary Neville's giving seven out of ten every week but then you, you can actually plan around that yeah. but if it's if it's a bit too too mercurial then yeah you're going to struggle yeah, uh, another question from Martin: Has the dressing room gone sour? Judging by the team's performance and the ill discipline, it has. Hopefully, early days. Remember Exeter City this time last year. Mm. You touched on it there. It, it, they don't seem like a happy bunch of players to me. They're losing games, Stu. Yeah, it's <laughs> frustrating. I mean, but, you know, you, you look back to Sonny Bradley though. I mean, he had that incident with yeah. Marcus Madison on the opening day of the season. So it's yeah. he's looked like a player not. He doesn't look the same player to me as he did last so year. We're in no. September, and in May they're they're all they're all winners. Yeah, so um, they looked fine to me in pre-season. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not nice when you're a professional football player and you're losing games. Um, mm. Yeah, I take your point about um, Bradley and Madison, but you talk to people, but uh, Peterborough and Madison was a bit of a wind-up merchant merchant at times. So you know. You know, maybe Bradley shouldn't be letting get to him, he, should he? He shouldn't, and, and should he shouldn't, and he shouldn't have done what he did on Saturday as well. Um, but does that mean that the dressing rooms are unhappy? Uh, again, you know, they'll be unhappy because they're losing games. They won't be happy. Uh, I expect well, them to be happy, mm. but you expect them to be professional as well. And in the situation they're in, I mean, Gary Sawyer. We saw Gary Sawyer on Thursday, and he, he said it's important that we keep our discipline. You know, he knows it. He spoke. He spoke about it, mm. and then Argyle didn't keep the discipline on Saturday. Yeah. Now, you know, you don't want to go around pointing fingers of blame at people, but Sonny Bradley will, I'm sure, realise that he, he what he did was was unacceptable. You can't do that. Um, not because particularly it cost them the game, because it didn't cost the game. But it's the next three games that he's going to miss. That's yeah. the problem, and it's yeah. just that constant talking about red cards. I mean, if we lost three 0 but there hadn't been a red card, <clears throat> we'd have uh, been on. Different conversations, wouldn't we? You know, yeah, yeah. Um, plenty of other not so positive things to talk about, but it wouldn't have been the red card so much. But you know, it, it keeps the pot boiling and it yeah. keeps making it an issue. And um, in football, it's amazing when you start getting in this cycle. cycle it, it it does have a habit of keeping going. But you've yeah. you've, you've seen them more this season than I have. Mm. But like, I don't feel like we have ever actually been dominated and just played off the park by a team. It just it seems to be mostly stupid mistakes that have cost us, like, or, or unlucky deflections as well. But it's like yeah. combination. Of, obviously, some teams yeah. are better than us, and you accept that. But the Blackpool game wasn't great. No, um, earlier in the season, I, I thought they were playing quite well and weren't getting the breaks. But the problem is that in football, I think, is that there's only a certain amount of time you can play reasonably well yeah. and not get results before the confidence is affected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, when the confidence is affected, which I think it clearly is now then it comes a lot harder. Stu, you've got some questions for Woody that you might want Yeah, well, just before we go on to that, we'll just talk about Wigan. Obviously, mm. Wigan's the next game on Tuesday. You, you going up to uh, up to Wigan, Woody, or giving that one a miss? I've got a seat in the car if you've had it. I've it, yeah. That's very kind of you. Um, <laughs> I'm actually going away again, I'm afraid. But, um, 
No, I mean that's that's one ground I haven't, I haven't actually done yet. I'd like to at some point, but uh, I'd, I'd take a nil-nil right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> a tough you. one as well. It's a tough one, isn't it? And you've got the Paul Cook factor as well, of course, who was manager of Pompey last year. This is it, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously him and Derek Adams aren't exactly best mates, are they? But um, I don't, things you just you just don't know with, with this league. I mean, um, we might suddenly turn up. Mm. Now, obviously, like Adams' hand has been forced a little bit with uh, Bradley being suspended. Maybe Socklet comes in, has an absolute blinder out of nowhere. Carries back. He carries yeah, back as well. Stu, you were saying this is the sort of game that Argyle. I can see Argyle going up there and yeah, nicking a one 0 win and yeah, you know it's the sort of thing. Of Argyle, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, it's hard to call, isn't it? Because you just like, the thing you were saying though, Baron earlier on. The problem is they're just not creating chances and don't look like scoring. I mean, no, even the goals just, they have got just, are from set plays even, and even if they have the defensive worldy as it's known at mm. Wigan tomorrow night I just I don't see where the goals are going to come from just just can't see it I mean like Chris says Carey's back I mean that's something we can hang, hang our hats on and you know so Carey's one of the few yeah. match winners they've got if you yeah. can dig out a free kick then you never know but elsewhere in the team it just doesn't like it's coming especially away at a place like Wigan yeah we need more from Kerry as well though I mean you know touching his yeah, set I mean, piece he wasn't delivery great before he got suspended yeah. yes I mean if, if he's had a bit of time now to sort of think about things a bit of time away from the spotlight maybe he's going to come back and hopefully uh, dig the side out yeah okay as Chris mentioned we've got some uh, fun questions here for you Woody so it's mm-hmm. an either or quiz you just have to tell us what your preference is mm-hmm. no pausing no, no pausing <laughs> so thought straight away uh, Chris or Woody Woody Blur or Oasis? Blur. Wild World or Greg Wild? <laughs> uh, Wild World pays the bills. <laughs> <laughs> Red or green? Green. Home kit or away kit? Oh, home, definitely. On the gantry or in the studio? Oh, uh, gantry. Banging the drums or banging the goals in? <laughs> uh, Somebody play of the week, they're definitely drums. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a goal scorer. <laughs> uh, win at Wembley or automatic promotion? Oh, uh, promotion. Sonny Bradley or Graham Coughlin? Oh, I know Coco as well. Uh, <laughs> Coco's bigger, I'll say him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going on tour or going to Home Park? Oh, Home Park. Recording a podcast or recording a video? Uh, podcast. Good, <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Number one hit single or winning goal at Wembley? Well, me score it. Indeed. <laughs> oh, hit single. Enemy or Plymouth Herald? Herald. Dan Smith or Connor Smith? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Dan Will Farkerson or Will Atkinson <laughs> uh, yeah I'll go with uh, Farkerson Carl Simmons or Carl Lethran oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Lethran give, give, give our guy a break yeah. Derek Adams or Derek Wood oh well he, he's right here so yeah dad <laughs> Derek Wood Rotolock or Ginsters or Ginsters James Brent or David Brent James Brent. Graham Carey or David Frio? Oh, uh, oh, Frio. Promotion or extended FA Cup run? Promotion. Rhythm of the night or rhythm as a dancer? <laughs> uh, we did them as the same thing, so both. Yeah. <laughs> Hang out with the Green Army or chill with Rudimental? Oh, Green Army. And finally, Pompeii or Pompey? <laughs> Never Pompey. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, that's Great our special good guest this afternoon. Yeah, thanks, Willie, for joining us on the show. That's it for this week. Uh, as I say, thanks to Woody, thanks to Chris, and thanks to Baron for joining me, and of course to you out there for listening. We'll be back again next week with more of the same, so be sure to join us then. Bye-bye. We are always happy to hear from you, and if you have any questions for our panel, please tweet them to our Twitter account, at HeraldPAFC, or visit our Facebook page, Plymouth Argyle The Herald. Thanks for listening.